The service of prayer and preaching for the fourth Sunday after Trinity, June 27, 2021. The first hymn is LSB 913, O Holy Spirit, Enter In. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. 
Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Sanctify us in your truth. Your word is truth. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation. And you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. reading from Genesis, the 50th chapter. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, It may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph, saying, Your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, Please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin, because they did evil to you. And now please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father, Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive, as they are today. So do not fear, I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them, and spoke kindly to them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
The Antirate are verses from Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, Yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. Glory be to the Father and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. A reading from Romans, the eighth chapter. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And a reading from Luke, the sixth chapter. Jesus said, Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye? But do not notice the log that is in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite! First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck that is, out of, that is in your brother's eye.
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Continue with the common responsory on page 263. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. We continue with the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. You shall have no other gods. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. (laughs) How many objections there can be to these words? These words speak of patience and endurance, words that many readily understand in terms of sports and medicine. But what about faith? Since I was a little boy, I have often been told that good things come to those who wait. But waiting is one of the most trying of all human experiences. Let's be honest. There are not many people who are able to wait very successfully. This is easily seen. Even with speed limits raised, many push the pedal to the metal, dodge traffic and cut off others just to reach the stoplight ahead of you by a few seconds. How many invest in one supposed time-saving device after another and then complain because they aren't simply fast enough? We live in a world, even with a pandemic, where you can get to the other side of the world in a few hours, talk to someone, even see them on the other side of the world in a matter of seconds with cell phones and computer Zoom calling. With the click of a few buttons, I can tell you how many penguins are in Antarctica and the price of tea in China. We have gotten so accustomed to the instant world of email that many have 
high anxiety when mailing a letter? How long will it take to get there? Will it even get there? How will I know? And how long will it take to respond? Still, it is not half so bad to wait for something we get eventually as it is to wait for something that never comes. The common attitude, something will eventually turn up, often leaves that person constantly in want, always waiting. They somehow never receive the satisfaction or happiness that they were expecting. More than a year ago, we were waiting for vaccines to come and stores to open. Many longed for a life to go back to the way it was and for business to resume like normal. Now that vaccines have come, life as we knew it is still not normal. Supplies are low. Demand is high, including work. It seems as though almost everyone is hiring, but not many are wanting to work. We can argue, like our politicians, about the cause. Is it fear of getting sick? Is it apathy to work? Are there other incentives leading one not to work? Underneath all of it is the same problem, a problem with waiting. As kids, we wait for one big moment after another, and rarely are those moments not filled with disappointment. We wait to start school, and then we can't wait to graduate. We work, or we begin work, and then we can't wait for the weekend and can't wait to retire. We want to get married and have a family, and then we can't wait for them to grow up and be independent, so I don't have to work so hard and be burdened with the constant responsibilities. The reason for our continuous, restless waiting is not hard to find, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it and hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. You don't wait for something else, if you are satisfied and content with where you are and what you have. The world and our sinful flesh are so corrupted by this spirit of discontent and restless waiting that God gives us two commandments to protect the gift of contentment and satisfaction. The sufferings of this world are great and are easily seen, yet Paul says, I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. How is he able to say such a thing? Doesn't he know what this life is like? Has he never suffered? You know the lists of Paul's sufferings. They're numerous. From beatings to shipwrecks to imprisonments to hunger and sleepless nights, Paul has been through the ringer. He could have easily looked at his present life and thrown in the towel. Instead, by faith, he is able to lift up his heart to the Lord. Faith looks up to the Lord who made heaven and earth. It frustrates me that the world tries to paint this picture of constant progressivism and we are always on a path moving forward for the betterment of mankind, that we're evolving into better and better species. The world speculates with pure imagination to go back millions and millions of years to concoct all sorts of changes that have taken place. It doesn't matter if there is proof or evidence or not, just let your imagination be your guide. The more creative, the better, because then, after all, God might be wrong. In the same vein, it invites you to picture the future, any future millions of years from now. Whatever you dream, you can dream. Don't let anything or anyone, including God, stand in the way. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this all comes down to waiting. Mankind was not patient, 
and cared not to wait for God's gracious hand. He wanted to be like God and so ate from the tree forbidden to him. Man doesn't like to wait for God to provide or Jesus to come back or the Holy Spirit to call, gather, enlighten, or sanctify. So man has decided that either God is just too slow and needs me to do it for him, or he doesn't exist and I have millions of years to project my magical ideas into the future. Romans 8 paints a different picture. Creation is suffering, all of it. Death is everywhere. The sinful flesh doesn't know what to do on its own, so it panics. It seeks for a way out, its own way out. God knows this, and even in the curse of sin is issued a promise. There is punishment for doing wrong. There is discipline that will take place for you to know your sinful condition, but not just to stay in that condition. It is for your good. It is for you to learn and grow and come back to me, the author and giver of life. I will send a Savior. I promise to send a holy seed, born of woman, born under the law, to crush the head of Satan and remove the curse of sin for you for all eternity. For over a thousand years, it seemed, for a few thousand years, it seemed as though God forgot his promise of a Savior. Then at the perfect time, God sent forth his only begotten Son. God's perfect waiting came to fruition. Through hands of sinful men, the glory of God was revealed to us in the very midst of the worst suffering possible. I don't mean to make light of your suffering. It is real. And it may be a hard cross to bear. But if we are honest, it is just. We may not always agree with it, but if we truly believe what the Bible says about original sin and its depth of corruption, then we should expect more suffering, more turmoil, and more brokenness. Jesus was truly innocent. He deserved none of the shame, none of the mockery, none of the scorn, none of the scourging, and certainly did not deserve to die. The wages of sin is death, and Jesus had no sin of his own for which payment must be made. In perfect patience, the Son gave his hands to nails, his head to a crown of thorns, and his entire life, body and blood, to fully atone for your sins and for mine. The glory of God is declared through the voice of our Lord. It is finished. Creation waited with eager longing, which is a word that literally means a craning of the neck. As the Lord Jesus craned his neck up to cry out and breathe his last, we crane our necks and see this death as the true gift for what it is. Here God reveals his love for us. Fellow sons of God, today our Lord reveals his glory to you. Here, your sufferings, the bitter end of them, have been carried by your Lord to the cross. And as you crane your necks, you see here the fruits of that death. Your sins are forgiven. You are joined together, bound together by the blood of Christ, united in the bond of peace, knitted together by the Holy Spirit through the waters of holy baptism and a common confession of faith. Good things come to those who wait, and you need wait no longer. Open your mouths and receive the body and blood poured out for you upon the cross. I know that the reality of still being in the body and the world corrupted by sin quickly comes back, even as you receive the most precious gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation from God's own hand. You live a life which is hard. You groan within yourself. You are eagerly awaiting for the adoption, the redemption of our bodies. 
You groan because it's not over yet. Your day has not yet come. You still suffer and endure the birth pangs of creation. You are waiting for the new life to be born in you and in all the world. You too, no less than the trees and rivers, birds and beasts, creeping things and swarms in the oceans. You too shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption. Your chains will fall. You will be free. You will come into the glorious liberty of the children of God. That's not to say your current suffering is insignificant. It is just to say that it won't last and is not worthy of comparison to the glory that will be revealed in you. Now you are frail and subject to sorrow, frustration, and pain. So was our Lord. He wept. He sweated blood. He grew angry in the temple. You are weary with sickness and heartache. So was our Lord. He groaned in compassion. He knew both physical and spiritual agony and death. You long for justice and for mercy. So did our Lord. He wept for Jerusalem. He healed the sick. He cast out demons. He raised the dead. The world is evil, and evil is done to and upon you. It should not be, it was not meant to be, but for Adam's sin and for yours and for the world's it is. Cancer, deafness, and diabetes are evil. So are corrosive heart failure and blocked arteries. So are bullies, injustice, cheaters, and slackers at work. God did not mean for you to live this way with divorce and custody battles, interest and late fees, constant medical trips, and unrealized dreams. He did not mean for you to be lonely, afraid, or angry in the dark. He did not mean for you to ever know guilt, shame, and regret. For life to be so unfair and so fickle. For your heart to be broken or go numb. But you have been subjected to this evil in hope. Our Redeemer lives. It will not last. Death cannot win, for death is long dead. The grave is empty and has lost its sting. God uses these evil things for good. You groan in pain as you wait, even as our Lord prayed for relief in the Garden of Gethsemane. And you know that God is good, that his will is best and will be done. And the Spirit himself, who abides in you, groans with you. He groans prayers that words cannot express. The Father hears him for Jesus' sake and is pleased and gives you whatever the Spirit asks. And the Spirit asks always for faith, hope, and love. Those three have brought you here today. God means all things for good. He works all things, even evil things, together for good to those who love him. He keeps you close to himself in your suffering. He loves you too much to spoil you, to allow to grow complacent or bored with his gifts. Your day will come, your waiting will end, and your burden will be removed. The reward of Jesus Christ will be bestowed upon you. In the meantime, count these things as the mark of God's favor. He only chastens those whom he loves. It will end soon. Be merciful and be gracious in your sorrow, for you know the true character of God. You know the power of love and forgiveness. You know the comfort of hope. You are a light in the veil of tears, an evangelist and an apostle of God's love. Your faith shines as a burning witness to the truth that God's grace is real and his promises will come true. So turn the other cheek to your pain. Wait in faith. Trust in God. Your day will come. Your body will be healed and perfected and reunited with your soul. God has not forgotten nor abandoned you. He will bind up your heart. You will again know perfect, unending joy. You will belong. You will be at home, a perfect peace with your true brothers and sisters, without jealousy or anger, without fear or anxiety, without regret or shame or sorrow. 
You will be free of your own hypocrisy and sin and of that of the world around you. God gives this to you in perfect love. It is purest grace, a spectacular undeserved gift. His death has bought you. His life has promised you the resurrection to come and that you would even now have the joy and peace he has won and wants for you. He gives to you this day a foretaste in his body and his blood. He forgives and accepts you. He bases in your praise. And if the rocks and trees, rivers and hills, stars and planets, peace and plants do not yet know that you are a son of God, soon they will, and they will rejoice in it. They will sing your praise, and the praise of God is liberty and justice, return and mercy. But what they may not see now is already true. It is an established fact in heaven, well known by the holy angels. But more than that, it is also well known by the Father, and by the Son, and by the Holy Spirit, and no one can snatch you away from him. He is patient and kind. He is waiting for the perfect time to give you exactly what you need. He sees your pain, he knows your sorrow, and he has given his Son to redeem you and his Holy Spirit to sanctify you. He has given you his word and his church. He has given you his called and ordained servant to preach and teach and administer the sacraments. He has even given you fellow brothers and sisters to help bear your burdens in love. He who knows and sees all things sometimes calls you to wait. He sees the path he has for you, the path that leads to him. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Office hymn LSB 696, O God, my faithful God. speak 
and to my words give grace, lest I offend the weak. Lord, let me win my foes with kindly words and actions, and let me find good friends for counsel and correction. Help me as you have taught to love both great and small, and by your Spirit's might to live in peace with all. Let me depart this life confiding in my Savior. By grace receive my soul, that it may live forever, and let my body have a quiet resting place within a Christian grave, and let it sleep in peace. And on that final day, when all the dead are waking, stretch out your mighty hand, my deathly slumber breaking, and let me hear your voice, redeem this earthly praying and bid me to rejoice with those who love your name. In peace let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the Holy Christian Church, here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and the dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O Lord, grant that the course of this world may be so peaceably ordered by your governance that your church may joyfully serve you in all godly quietness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by the patience and comfort of your holy word we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, 
Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Christ has been raised from the dead. Alleluia. Alleluia. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Raised from the dead, he will never die again. Death has no more dominion over him. Christ has been raised from the dead. Alleluia, alleluia. Dying, Christ dies to sin once for all. Living, he lives to God. Count yourselves as dead to sin and alive to God. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Christ has been raised from the dead. Alleluia. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us. Amen. We sing hymn LSB 650, Holy Spirit, Ever Dwelling. Through us in a ceaseless strife, 
Holy Spirit, ever forming in the church the mind of Christ, you we praise with endless worship for your gifts and fruits unpriced. Holy Spirit, ever working through the church's ministry, quickening, strengthening, and absolving, setting captive sinners free. Holy Spirit, ever binding, age to age and soul to soul, in communion never-ending, do we worship and extol.